Good evening to those who are in the social media land. This is Grace and Faith Fellowship coming to you with our uh, message for this week. We would like to say once again, we pray that we are being a blessing to you as we come to you with the word of God. And we hope you enjoy it. Join the word as God gave it to us. And we just want to continue tonight. I want tonight to contain. This is we've been talking about the Lordship of Christ. And this is part three. And I want to go back. I'm basically going to be saying some the same things tonight, but I'm kind of going to probably add more to it. But I felt led to just really go back and re-emphasize that I think this is so important. Um, this word that God has given me as far as the Lordship of Christ to really understand what Lord means. Lord means master. He's your master. He controls your life. And so we say Jesus is Lord. Um, what does that really mean to you? And we talked about it could be you can say it out your mouth. You know, Jesus is Lord. And most people who are in the church or have some type of understanding of what Christianity is would agree that Jesus is Lord. He's Lord of all. But that's we said that's theological, but is it practical in your life that he is Lord? Can people see that in your life, that he is Lord of your life? So it's more than just uh, a saying or more just, it should be more than just words coming out of your mouth. It should be practical in your life. And so we want to continue the um, talking about that, I'm going to say some things. Um, I'm going to pretty much go back over the lesson that we've been talking about to for the last two weeks and just reemphasize some things. Okay, so to begin, it says it, in in life we have many influences to which we can submit ourselves, knowingly and unknowingly. And allowed and allowed to limit our lives to a much smaller realm than what God has in mind for us. So there are many influences, and we may submit ourselves to them knowingly, unknowingly. But are these influences limiting your life to to a place where God doesn't have control or God doesn't? is able to control your life and, and you're living on a small scale. Okay. Which God wants us to live on the big scale. He wants us to believe what the word says about whatever the Bible speaks of and get in the room with it and begin to live out the life that he's called us to live. So you may be living on a small realm that God, what God had in mind for you. And so you need to examine that. So what is the, the question need to ask yourself tonight is what is influencing your life? Okay, what are you submitting yourself to? And this requires us to take some inventory of our life. You may, like I said, once again, you may be knowingly doing it. You may be unknowingly submitting yourself to something that's limiting you in your life. So it says, wherever we bow the need to or whatever has major influence in our lives, defines and constrains 
or puts limit on our lives. And those things have become your Lord. So what are you bowing your knee to? So whatever you bowing your knee to, whatever has the most influence in your life, whatever de defines you or constraint, what defines you? Because society can put labels on you. Or circumstances can put labels on you. And you begin to believe that. And it puts limits on your life. And, and that is when that thing, whatever it is, has become a Lord in your life. So what, what are you bowing to? And we need to be careful um, not to bow to anything but the Lord Jesus Christ. He, if he's your Lord, those he is the one that you should be submitting yourself to. And so if you bow your knee to something or if something has a major influence on you more than God does, whether it's money, whether it's fame, whether it's prestige, whether it's, in, you know, um, having been in the right relationship, you know, not to say those things aren't important, but when they become more important than God, then they have become your Lord. And it, because if those things have more influence on life, you know, they're defining you and they constrain or constraining you, then that has become your Lord. The, the paralyzed man submitted to a superstition or a lordship of bad teaching, but something was ruling over the concept over the over his concept of God and how healing does or does not take place. Okay, so we, we talked about the paralyzed man. So we talked about him being submitted to bad teaching or the, the thing where it said an angel would come in different places. Some people believe there was a superstition. There's no history of that ever happening. But in this case, it, you know, so you could say it was a superstition. Oh, he had a wrong concept of God. Okay. And so we're going to read that. But many, there are many Christians that have a Lord of bad teaching. And they don't believe God will heal them or do anything to them. So let's look, let's go back to that story of the paralyzed. I just want to read that for you. We talked about the paralyzed man. And so we, I want to go back and read that story for you. The paralyzed man and begin to just to kind of read it. And so we can see what, and it's coming from Mark chapter No, excuse me. Let me go back. It's coming from, excuse me, the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 9. And it says, after this, there was a, a feast of the Jews. And then and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And there was now in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool. Which in Hebrew, which was called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these laid a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. This is the thing they say maybe it's a supposition. He's waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel will come down at a certain time 
into the pool and stir up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after stirring up the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in a condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? This is the question Jesus, even when healing or whatever thing, do you want to be made well? Jesus asked him and he, he makes excuses. He says, the sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walk. And that day was the Sabbath. So he made an excuse. You know, he made an excuse. Well, and sometimes we make excuses. We make excuses about the things that well, God wants to do things in our lives, but we make excuses. And so Jesus didn't allow the man to have any excuses. He just told him to take up your bed and walk. And so, but then many Christians are exposed to bad teaching, especially when it comes to healing or certain other things. You have bad teaching and you don't believe God can do it for you because you've been exposed to bad teaching. You know, but we need to get into the word for ourselves, find out what the word of God says about us and believe what the word says. Because bad teaching, you know, can stop you from receiving the things that God has made available to us through Jesus Christ. If you're exposed to bad teaching. When you let people come up to you and say, no, you can't do that. That's not how it's done. We've, we've never done it that way before. No, this will never happen this way. You allow those people to restrict you. You are allowing something to steal your potential, your vision or proactive decision making. Okay. You've allowed another Lord to come in and take charge of that situation. And I want you to think about that. Who are you allowing to speak into your life? Has anybody ever told you, well, you can't do that? And I know I've been told that in my life. I remember uh, when I first went out to play football, I was small. And the coach of that team, he looked at me. He told me, you know, don't come out because you're too small. You're not going to make it. You know, and I was told that even as a young man. Because of my size, he says, you're too small. Now, what if I had believed him? Well, I wouldn't have played football for 13 years after that. But are you allowing people to tell you, you can't do it? Are you allowing people to say, well, just because something has never been done before, you can't do it? Or we've never done it that way before. And that's what we talk tradition. Tradition would say, well, we've done it this way before. We ain't done it. We never done it this way before. We're going to stick with it, even though what you're doing is not working. Or it just may be something new that God's leading you to do. You said, no, they tell you, no, this would never happen this way. And what is it? You allowing those things to restrict you.
other words, they've become a lord of your life and they're stealing your potential. You know, are you allowing things to steal your vision? Are you allowing things to, di- to dictate your decision making based on what God has said to you? So these are laws. I just want you to pay attention. These are laws that you have established in your life and have taken charge of your life instead of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if God had told you to do something, if God told gave you a word to do something or to step out on something, step out in faith. Don't allow people to, because people would do that. And sometimes uh, their intentions are good. They just may be trying to give you some good advice, but you need to allow Jesus to be Lord. Jesus is your master. So if he's your Lord and your master, then his word takes authority over anybody else's word. It doesn't matter what anybody else said. It doesn't matter if somebody said, well, you don't have enough education. But if God gave you a word to do that, then you step out in faith and do it. Because people will, you know, once again, they have good intentions, but they will restrict you by speaking your life and says, you can't do it. Or this never been done before. When God has given you a word to say, you know what, go forth. Let me be Lord of your life. Take my word over what somebody else says. In the story of Blind Bartimaeus, the same people who were against him and were telling him to shut up two minutes before were all on his side when he disregarded their fake Lord. Okay, so let me, let's read that. Let's go back and read Blind Bartimaeus, the story of him. Let's look at that's Matthew's chapter 10, verses 46 to 52. And it says, now they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind by the mayor, the son of Timaeus, sat, sat by the road begging. And when he heard it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then he warned him to be quiet. Excuse me. They warned him. Many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out the more son of David have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man saying to him, be of good cheer, rise. He is calling you. So here's the first man. They were telling him to be quiet at first. Be quiet. Don't say nothing. But the more they told him to be quiet, the louder he got. I like that. Like he was was not going to allow them to restrict him or stop him from getting what he believed that Jesus could give him. And the same thing with us. No matter how loud people who are in your ear, no matter how loud culture can speak, the culture can speak to you. Doesn't matter how loud tradition. You know, what's what society is saying it doesn't matter. If God says you can do it, then let him be Lord of your life. And so it says, and throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. 
Then Jesus said to him, go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. So we see it. he didn't allow that. He disregarded that fake Lord. But the people can are fickle and, and you need to be aware of allowing people's opinions to restrict the grace of God in your life. Don't allow nobody's opinion about you to restrict the grace of God over your life. People are going to have many opinions about you. Society may have many opinions about you. People in your life. But you can't allow those opinions to override the word of God. You got to believe what Jesus said about you. And this is this is strong. And like I said, and don't get me wrong, the, the voices in this world can be very, very strong. The voices in this world can be they can be condemning. They can um, criticize you and they can say things about you. And if you begin to buy into what they're saying about you versus the word of God, that's just, this is one important reasons why you need to stay in the world. And you, that's why it's important you stay in prayer and stay before the Lord and build this intimate, close relationship so that when people speak to you, okay, then you and, and, and God is speaking to you, then you can know, okay, what well, I know what God said to me. Because people can cause you to doubt the things that God has said to you. They really can. And so you have to be very um, diligent about seeking the Lord, knowing what his word says, uh, standing on that Jesus is the Lord of my life, believing it, allowing him to control, allowing him to have the final authority in your life. He has the last say, not the world. He has the last say. Many people in our society walk around with chronic inferiority complex because of all the things that society is telling us are important. The inferiority complex has become a Lord in their life or maybe has become a Lord in your life. In the case of, of the Gentile woman, she had every reason to feel inferior because of how the Jews viewed her. Yet that law was not an impediment for her. So let's look at this story again um, with the woman, the Gentile woman that Jesus saw. Let's look at that. And that's an... Um, Mark chapter 7, verses 24 through 30. And it says, from there, he rose and went to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And he entered a house and wanted no one to know it. But he could not be hidden for a woman whose younger daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him and came and fell at his feet. This woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. But Jesus said to her, let the children be, be first, for it is not good to take 
the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. And she answered and said to him, yes, Lord. Yet even the little dogs on the table eat from, from the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, for this saying, go your way. The demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her home, she found the demon going out and her daughter lying on the bed. So look at the language. The Jews looked at, they were inferior. Would the Jews believe rather that they were inferior to them? And so she was called a dog. But she didn't didn't allow that to even stop her. Because what? Because you know, we know sometimes in our society we can look at some some ethnic groups as inferior. It's a shame that we look sometimes we look at each other and we put one ethnic group over the other. And it may even happen in other countries, not only our but other countries. One group think they're better than the other. And so it's this inferiority complex. Okay, that they are putting on people. And if you buy into that, then you're going to miss what God has for you. Why? Because that has become your Lord. But I'm glad that this woman, she didn't allow them to make her feel good. She said, hey, yeah, I may be a dog, but you know what? Even the dog eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. I know I'm not a child. I know I'm not a Jewish descent, but you know what? All I need is the crumbs. You know, and so she didn't allow that to stop her. And so sometimes society will look at you a certain way. As I said, put labels on you and make you feel inferior that you can't. And people will do that, make you feel inferior that you're not good enough. And maybe you're a person who has a, maybe you have a bad past. A past that's not grace. Maybe, you know, a past that you, you went to prison or you was on a drug addict or drug dealer or whatever case. Maybe you were promiscuous in you know, and people will make you feel inferior, that you're not worthy, that you're not called to do certain things, that you, not you. Okay. And what you're doing is when you allow them to speak into your life and you believe those things versus believing the Lordship of Christ, then it's going to hinder you. But she didn't allow those things to stop her or restrict her from getting what she want. What did Jesus say at the end? Because of your saying, he says, your daughter has been delivered from that demon. And, and Jesus is saying the same thing to us. Doesn't matter. If you believe what the word says, it's going to come to pass. Why? Because Jesus, it is finished on the cross. It's a done deal. As long as we are willing to submit to other lords, the lordship of Jesus is simply a theology. It is not real. Okay. And we want God to be real in our lives. We want to see the manifestations of God's promises in our lives. But as long as you're allowing, um, submitting to other lords, those other lords, whatever the other lords may be. And we just talked about it, the lord of bad teaching. The, the Lord of having, allowing, having somebody to have, believe in other people's opinion about you. 
allowing people to speak into your lives um other than the influences of the world society a culture then the long you spend in the lordship the lordship of jesus is simply theology and we just don't want it to be in our head we just don't want head knowledge okay we want to believe god word and then we want to see the manifestation of what we believe for see a lot of times we just have hair maybe you just got head knowledge yeah jesus is lord yeah jesus is my savior yeah i believe jesus can heal i believe he can deliver i believe he can set free okay but is that just head knowledge or do you really believe in the promise of God? Because when you really believe in it, you stand on it no matter what. No matter what the world says, no matter what anybody says, you believe what the word of God says. Many times, the doctor can keep you alive until you get a word from God and get healed. So I'm not against doctors now, okay? We're not against doctors. Because doctor can keep you alive till you get a word from the Lord. But but I believe a doctor can can serve you. But the moment he becomes your Lord, you're in a bad place. See, think about that now. And I know when we and I say this, you're saying, okay, well, he's saying you, you're not supposed to go to the doctor. That's not what I'm saying. I get a checkup once a year, my regular checkup. I go to the doctor. God gave us doctors to help us. But the doctor is there to serve you. But the moment that says he becomes your Lord, you're in a bad place because you can't receive from God. And why? Because the doctor has the final say, not God. A doctor needs to be a servant and not a Lord. Let me say that again. A doctor needs to be a servant and not a Lord. He can be an awesome servant. To you but he's gonna be a terrible master if you allow him to control you if his word is the final say if he tells you well you know what you got cancer you're gonna die you got high blood pressure you're gonna be on pills for the rest of your life you're diabetic so you're gonna be this way forever okay those things you have this ailment whatever the ailment is you'll be this way it's nothing you can do about it okay now he's become You've allowed him to become Lord. Instead of saying, you know, okay, okay, doctor, I hear what you said, but you know what? My God's a healer. I'm believing God to heal me. I appreciate, you know, you diagnosed me. I appreciate now I know what's going on, but my God is a healer. So, you know, doctors are servants. They're not Lords. Once he becomes your Lord, once his word is the last word and you bow the knee to that word, you're going to harvest whatever it has, it is he declared. So you're going to get a harvest. Okay. If that's the final word, then you're going to reap a harvest of what that doctor said. And you, you find people who, who may start off and you keep believing doctor, you get worse and worse and worse. Why? Because you believe what the doctor said. You believe what 
your condition said, your sickness says, you know what, you're going to be like this forever. You ain't going to never get off this matter. Well, you always going to, and you find yourself getting worse and worse. And that's what happens to people because the moment you, like I said, bow your knee to that and says, you know what, the doctor said this, I want to be this way. And the doctor said, you're going to be that way. And once again, he's serving us and he's telling us what's wrong with us because things can go wrong in your body. Okay. But his word should not be the final word. Let me say it again. He said, once he becomes your Lord, which is your doctor, once his word is the last word and you bow your knee to that word, you're going to harvest whatever it is he declared. You're going to harvest. And I know some of you may not believe this. What could the Bible says this? Let me go. It's in Proverbs. I'm not sure what the scripture is, but life and death is in the power of the tongue. And that's powerful. We got to realize that because a lot of time we just say stuff and we just say, and I'm guilty of it myself. We say things and, you know, speaking, especially when it comes to sickness and things in society. And we just, we just speak those things over our life. And then we get mad when they manifest. When they matter, oh, I'm, you know, I'm always, I'm poor. We say stuff like that. You know, I'm a poor man. And when it manifests, then you wonder why it manifests because you're speaking things out of your mouth that's contrary to who you say is your Lord, which is Lord Jesus Christ, because Jesus would never say those things about you. Matter of fact, he says you're rich. He says you're rich. Okay. And so therefore, and I know you may be saying, well, you just being nitpicky. No, I've learned. You've got to be careful what you speak out of your mouth. Because it will come past. You're sowing seeds every time you speak. I remember some them saying something. I've heard this before. It says words are containers. They carry stuff. And so we have to be very careful. So don't create a harvest with your mouth and then wonder and wonder why am I growing what I'm growing? Okay. Don't be mad at your harvest if you're sowing the wrong seeds. So lay aside the cares of the world, fear, people's opinions, your family history, uh, and the doctor report, lay aside all those things. What's your fear? The care of this world. We know we live in, a, in some times now of inflation and things, but you can't allow those things to influence you. And then they become laws in your life. Fears. We have fear. The fear of getting sick or sickness. And we know all the things going around with the pandemic. We, but we can't allow that to become Lord and would become fearful. People's opinions about you, what they say about you, family history. You know, you may have a history. You're, you know, we allow, well, your dad may have been an alcoholic or a drug addict or, you know, an inmate. You know, we allow those things, family history to tell us who we are instead of 
bow our knee to the Lordship of Christ when Jesus says you're the head, not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay. You are his child. Okay. Born again. Sanctified. Filled with the Holy Spirit. You, the, the authority that you have been given. That you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Those things. Those are the things that we need to embrace. And that's when you use his Lord on your life. What Not only say them. But then you begin to walk them out. You begin to demonstrate them as the Holy Spirit leads you. So lay aside all. Lay that all aside. Run your race with endurance. Submit to the Lordship of Jesus. Lay aside all those things. Okay, lay aside all those things. And submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Who is the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the one. He is the one. The, the price has been paid for you to stand in God's presence without guilt, without condemnation or fear. Jesus paid the price for that. Okay, he paid the ultimate price. The price has also been paid for you to be healed. Okay, for you to be set free, for you to be delivered, for you to be prosperous, for you to be successful. Okay. Jesus wants to be the Lord of your life. And Jesus wants to be the healer of your life. He wants to be the deliverer of your life. He wants to be your counselor. He wants you to embrace his words and not embrace the things or the words of the world. Let him be your Lord tonight. If you're bowing your knee, to something knowing or unknowingly I encourage you I challenge you get rid of that Lord okay and allow Jesus to be your Lord you know if you're not aware then pray that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what's hindering you what's restraining you let me pray for you now Father God in the name of Jesus I thank you for every ear that have heard this word and I thank you that you are the Lord of all. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. And God, I come against the other lords that are hindering their life. I speak to that person who's bowed their knee to bad teaching, to being promiscuous, to allowing society to put labor on, to who bow the knee to other people's opinions about themselves. God, I come against that. And God, I pray that whatever they are not aware of, the Holy Spirit revealed to them the laws that's in their life that they have allowed, they've submitted themselves to, and is now taking control over their life. And now, God, and I, and I come against those lords and I pray, God, that you will put people around them that will speak the words of your son Jesus to them, that they may will submit to him and what he says. We come against that. We take authority over anything that's influencing that person's life right now in the name of Jesus. 
take authority over. That's a bad teaching and uh, culture and social media influences in the name of Jesus. We speak to them, we command them, we tear down those laws in the name of Jesus. We, and pray to God that they will just pick up your word and begin to listen to your voice and believe what you said about them. We thank you, God, and we thank you for ministering to them right now. Holy Spirit, minister to them as they hear, <coughs> excuse me, hear this, hear this word, hear this message. And I give you glory, God, and praise in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Once again, I thank you for listening on tonight. I thank you for just hearing, and I believe God has spoken to you. If you love this, share this with a friend, somebody that you think that needs this word. And I thank you once again for them. We'll be back again with you on next week with another series. And may God bless you. And I will see you next week. Bye-bye.